All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more things. Tight, tighten up your core things. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy day after Christmas. This episode is going up December 26th, so hopefully. Yesterday was a special day for you. You got to be with friends, family, loved ones, somebody, or you just got some good time to yourself. That's awesome to have, you know, this holiday season. Uh, I saw this funny quote, and I thought I would just share it with you all real quick. But it says, why is Christmas just like a day at the office? You do all the work, and the big guy in the suit gets all the credit. So, yeah. Thanks, Santa, for taking all the cred. But um, yeah, I am currently on an airplane. If you're listening to this on the 26th, I'm flying to Colorado right now on this day, obviously pre-recording, but I am super excited because going to Pagosa Springs to hang out with my sister and her family and then my husband's family because they also have a place there. And if you're in Pagosa, definitely say, hey, my sister's coffee shop is Root House Coffee. I know a lot of listeners I've run into in years past, we go there every Christmas and every summer. And so I see y'all around Pagosa 
and it's so fun. And then we ski Wolf Creek. If you see us on the mountain, say, hey, Stevenson and Stashira will be out there for the second time ever. Last Christmas was their first time to ever see snow. And of course, they do not like being cold because they're from Haiti and they just can't even handle it. And they're like, what is this feeling? I don't like it. But once they get out there and they're skiing and they were actually really good considering it was their first time, they have fun. So maybe I'll see some of y'all in Colorado. If not, whatever you're doing from now till the new year, I just hope, you know, it's some good, good time off. But also if you have to work, I hope that it's still good time for you. Maybe. I know it's kind of a bummer. I am definitely looking forward to this so much. Like I just want to soak it up. I think I'm even going to do some sort of Instagram detox or phone detox. I mean, I still want to be able to take pictures and videos to save, but I don't want to be posting or checking. So I don't know how many days I'm going to do it or kind of when I'm going to go offline. I don't know what that will look like, but I am going to take a couple of days and really just recharge and read books by the fire. And maybe this is the time of year for some of y'all to join in and do some of that as well. So this episode is a best of episode. And so will next Thursdays. But let me give you a little rundown. On Tuesday, before Christmas, there was a new Q&A episode with Bobo. So if you missed that, it's brand new. Uh, Bobo's Nurse Bobo, we talk like health and wellness, and I answer questions with him. I ask them, he answers, and there are questions that you guys submitted. So uh, check that episode out if you missed it. And then next Tuesday, there will be another brand new Bobo episode. And especially as that's New Year's Eve, we'll talk about you know, like maybe if you indulge too much, have too much to drink, like ways to recover and then going into the new year and he'll answer more of your health questions. Okay. So those two are new. And then today's episode and next Thursday's episode, which will be January 2nd, both best ofs, but different. So best of is kind of you pick, you know, we do it on the Bobby Bone show during the Christmas season. So we can take a holiday and we compile favorite moments from the show and it airs back and who knows maybe it's something that you missed or you know it's kind of taking the best of different episodes and putting them together so in this episode I have as the first thing a part of my chat with Bob Goff where we talk about love does and he's just so awesome he was one of my favorite interviews of the year for sure he's just so inspiring and full of love and can teach us so much he's so wise the second thing is from my interview with Walker and Lainey Hayes Walker actually sings the theme song to my podcast and he is um I'm a country artist. He actually just joined TikTok and him and his family on TikTok, they are hilarious. So if you have the TikTok app, go follow him because they do some dances. It makes me kind of jealous. Like I instantly want to be one of Walker Hayes' kids because I know that dad would just start choreographing dances with me and it would be so fun. Um, we talk about giving back with them and their Craig fund. That's the thing that I pulled. For the third thing, it's going to be my husband, a little chat with Ben. Uh, one of the times we came on and talked about... Uh, our fertility issues. And that just resonated with a lot of you. And then it also helps you get to know some of our story. If you're wondering why we adopted and where we are a little bit more about Ben. And that was just an episode that, that people liked. So I threw it in the best of, and people always like when Ben comes on. And then the fourth thing, uh, I'm still geeking out that I had Kristen Chen with on my podcast, but yeah, she came on, she did all four things with me. And I pulled part of my chat for the fourth thing where we just talk about her new album and music and funny things. Like she's just so great. I cannot wait to maybe one day see her on Broadway. Um, Somehow, I thought maybe I would go in November because she did invite me when she was on the podcast to bring Stashira up there and do that. 
but we didn't make it. Um, but maybe one day that would be so cool. And I can, from the crowd, be like, what up, Kristen? Hey. So, okay, that is today's best of. There's not going to be an outro. This is just going to be like these four little highlights, some great moments from the year. And then on, you know, like I said, January 2nd, we'll do a repeat. That Thursday, there will be a best of, but it'll be not a repeat of the four things, but a repeat of best of. And um, there'll be some good ones thrown in there too. So hope you enjoy these little playbacks and hope you just are still getting to enjoy a little bit more of Christmas break and that y'all are doing awesome. And I'll see you. I mean, I guess I feel like I'll be back, back live, live after the new year. So I feel like I'll see you in the new year, but don't forget there's the Q and a episode on new year's Eve and then the January 2nd episode. And then after that, we'll be back with some fresh, fresh, that fresh, fresh, that new, new content. So yeah. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All the things. Here you go. First thing. That's right. Ah. Okay. So now I've got the book here in the flesh, Chase's book, Love Does. And, you know, it's really about <clears throat> like you're a you know, love obviously is thoughts and feelings, but like you take it to the next level, like love is action. Oh, love yeah. is love is doing. Do stuff. And, you know, one thing that you shared in the book is after September 11th, what you decided to do with your kids. And that was to write letters to world leaders all over. So talk us through that real quick and I'll tell you how it landed Chase here. Yeah, the uh, crazy idea. I want my kids to like interact with the world. I don't want to have them hear from somebody else at school what's going on. And so we sat down and we said to them, like, if you had five minutes in front of a world leader, what would you say to them? And uh, so each of the kids had a different answer. And Lindsay was our precocious one. And after Richard had said he wanted to invite them over for a sleepover, and after Adam said he just wanted to know what they were hoping for, Lindsay said, what if we asked them, if they won't come to our house for a sleepover, could we go to their house for a sleepover? And it started this terrific chain reaction. We downloaded the CIA website. We sent a letter to every leader on the whole earth and said from Lindsay Richard Adam, we're Lindsay Richard Adam. We want to know if you'll come over for a sleepover, but if you can't make it, can we come over to your house yeah. uh, and ask you what you're hoping for? And we got so many no's. We got a post office box because we didn't know, want Ahmadinejad to know where we lived. So <laughs> smart. That's so smart. we got all these no's. But then, terrifically, we got a yes from the president of Israel. He said, if you'll come to Jerusalem, I'll give you an interview. We got a yes from the prime minister of Switzerland. We got a yes from like these, uh, you know, Soviet bloc countries. So we got, uh, I think it was 29 yeses. Uh, and so we pulled the kids out of school and went. I had a lot of frequent flyer miles. We just burned them. It was so beautiful. The that crazy is so cra like, so crazy. How he was, I'm thinking right now, if like you were my dad, how, I mean, that is so crazy awesome. Yeah. People like, really, they just want to hear from you. I knew I was going to be in London on May 14th for a thing Hillsong was doing. So I wrote to the queen. Uh, her address isn't hard to find. It's just like queen Buckingham palace. She'll know. <laughs> They'll know who you're talking about. Right. So I said, I'm going to be in London on the 14th. If you're in London on the 14th, maybe we should hang out. Right. Pinky's up. One of her ladies in waiting wrote back. I'm like, lady, what are you waiting for? And she said, the queen is terribly disappointed she can't meet with you. I'm sure it just tore all up. 
But for a dollar stamp and an envelope, I'm talking to Buckingham Palace. Right. And take your kids on that kind of adventure. Instead of having them observe from afar like the 10 lepers did, have them actually get some skin in the game and go put a map up, put a dot for every place that you've written to. The crazy part is people will say yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, and then, but, but people also might say no, but there oh, yeah. is also lessons in oh, you getting yeah. all those no's oh, in yeah. the mail too. Cause yeah. I'm sure your kids, but how cool is it? They well, still got a letter back. Oh yeah. I wrote to the Pope and said, can we meet? One of his bishops wrote back and said, absolutely not. I didn't think God shut the door. I thought I've got the right address. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right again. So Chase, you share with, after you read the, the story after 9-11 of what you know, Bob did with his kids and his family and how it just was like, what to you, what did you take from that in that moment? And what is this post-it note here that literally says, email BBS Amy, which is Bobby Bone Show Amy, about idea. All she can do is not respond or say no. This right, is the bingo. literal post-it. So yeah. sit, yeah. Look. And well, here no, you are. And I think, you know, I was... We knew you were coming in, and so I went through that knowing that I've read the book several times, and I look at that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so small world. So really, what I got from the interviews was all you can do is reach out, and they could not respond, or they could say no. Like, there's nothing bad that can come from it, and I had this idea of emailing Amy about doing an event that would benefit Haiti, and I was like, I just need to email her, and we'll... See where Which, it goes. by the way, was breaking the Guinness World Record for hunger relief meals packed in a certain amount of time for Haiti, so and good. we needed to break that world record. Come and on. So I I got the email, and you know we get a lot of emails. Sometimes I miss them. Now yeah. also even hearing this, it's making me want to make sure I try to reply more, even if the answer is no. But but sometimes we just miss stuff and. Uh, but with Chase, like something stood out and I was like, what? Who is this guy? And well, I mean, I do love Haiti. So I replied my kids were at an orphanage there. I was like, they could use some meals. What if we sent them there? <clears throat> so I replied, the correspondence happened. He ended up coming to Nashville. We had like 2000 volunteers. We packed it. The Guinness World Record people were here. We broke the world record. Yeah. Um, the orphanage lived off of the rice and beans that we packed from New Mana, a hunger relief organization for they might still be eating it. And, you know, it just was, but that, that started our friendship, Bingo. which then was, you know, that was 2013. And then a few months ago, he moved to Nashville to kind of join us more full time here. And yeah. well, I, but Bob, this is yeah. from your book. Like, I think there's, it's, there's I think it's so deep many... within all of us yeah. that we're just looking for a way. It's like stone soup. Remember that kid's book that everybody just throws in what they've got. You got cabbage, you got carrots, you got whatever. You don't compare what you've got to what somebody else has. But at the end of the story, everybody's fed. And um, so I think that's it. You just bring what you've got, and then God turns that into something bigger. And that's the beautiful thing. We don't need to control the chain reaction. We just, like, let it go. But our place is just show up. But my worldview is that... God doesn't need our help. <laughs> I ask him well, every day. I'm like, do you need my help? He's like, actually, no. What I need is your heart. And so if we could just get back to this idea of just bringing authentically who we are, and we bring that. And uh, if you want to turn two loaves and a couple of fish into less, <laughs> that's fine. But if you want to turn it into more, that's fine too. 
Yeah, you know, something else that you go over in the book is the Bible study that you started with some friends. And it was like a lot of people gather to study and, and you know, try to break down everything that's happening and really, like, understand. But your purpose is let's put this into action. Yeah. Like, how are we going to actually—let's gather together with a group of people in a Bible study and let's do. Yeah, like a Bible doing. Yeah, so I, I don't care how many uh, boats are floating in the Sea of Galilee. And if I hear somebody tell me uh, that there's four <laughs> words in Greek for love, agape, phile, I'm going to hurl. I just tell me how you fell in love. Tell me to somebody that's done one selfless act of love for you. And every selfless act of love is a declaration of faith. I'll, I'll think about that for a month. I'll remember how you and Chase met, how you just answered an email. You know what I did in college? I remember Keith Green way back in the day. The uh, He was one of the first CCM Christian artists. And uh, I wrote him a letter. He wrote back three sentences to me. I felt like such a boss. This was before the internet. I'm like, Keith Green just wrote me three <laughs> sentences. I don't even know what the three sentences say. I get 300 emails every day. Everybody gets three sentences. You know why? Because 35 years ago, Keith Green wrote me three sentences. The impact of just one act of kindness. I love doing that. When I get to fly across country, that's good for two or 300 emails, bare minimum. And I just like, and I don't send the same email. Like I just find three sentences to affirm what they're doing, to say you matter. Because that's what his three sentences meant to me. You're worth talking to. And uh, I think that that's the, sometimes it's the simplest thing. You don't need to rebuild the Ashwan Dam. Just respond to somebody's email. Don't send them to voicemail. Just say, hello. (laughs) You don't need a script. Yeah. And the crazy part about putting my cell phone number in the back of 2 million books is people, I get a hundred calls a day. I can't get a thing done. It's awesome. (laughs) Did you know when you uh, back a car up and hit somebody else's by mistake, you're supposed to leave your phone number? Somebody backed up into somebody's car. They they were broke and they didn't want to leave their phone number. So they left mine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I had to buy the guy a bumper. I don't even live in the <laughs> same part of the country. But it was just so, it, it's been expensive. It's costly to be available. Uh, but there's something right. beautiful. It'll cost you your pride. It will cost you like these constant interruptions. Jesus was always interrupted. Little guys in sycamore trees, people pulling on his shirt. And he always had time. And so uh, that didn't make us Jesus. It just makes us like him if we, every time we just get available. How do you, so with all of that going on, I mean, and you are a husband and you are really sought after and you are busy doing all kinds of things. And I feel like a a lot of my listeners are multitasking and really busy, but you act like it's just like, I mean, everything you say, you have the biggest smile on your face. I can't help but smile back at you. And Did you so, know it only takes 17 muscles to smile and 27 to frown? I have I'm just heard going that. the easy I route. didn't know the exact numbers, but I, I had heard it. I, I think I've used that line on my this daughter. This is why I can buy like pass bar exams. I just remember the most. You remember the things. details. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I know it takes more to frown. But like, how do you, how do you, how do you? How do you do it all? Like, oh, how do you, man. where do you find, I mean, is this an inner, because you have to have days where you're just like, okay, I'm a little bit tired of this. Yeah, yeah. So part of it starts with having some time of personal reflection mm-hmm. to just actually be aware of where you're at and who you are. You know, if you go into a big shopping center, there'll be an X and I'll say, this is where you are. It's actually helpful. And so some people 
do this by having quiet times in the morning. Others do that by meditation. You know, to just figure out just kind of who I am. I wear a mood ring. I've been wearing it for a decade. And uh, and so sweet. Is it Maria, accurate in telling you your mood? Well, it's accurate because I just whatever color it is, uh, then I'll tell Sweet Maria what that means. We okay. don't let a book tell us what it means. So we have one thing because I've spent a lot of time in Afghanistan and Iraq and Somalia and all this. So we don't talk about where I am because it's not helpful and it makes us feel far away. But when we talk about how I feel, where I am, that access makes us feel really close together. And I fixed that for four bucks, right? Just get a mood ring. And for those of you listening, if you're just dating people, uh, get the person you're dating a mood ring. And if they say they're not into talking about their feelings, say, that's awesome. I'm not into you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Just Just find a way to access how you feel. And that's a great way to just be real with people to say, I've had some down days and I'm just, I'm just, I'm in touch with that, but I don't camp out there, but I'm not trying to be an imposter either. Right. I don't, I wouldn't think you would. Otherwise be like a caricature of who I am. Right. I write a book and put some balloons on it. Like that. I'm not always the balloon boy. Like I've actually had some bad days. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I do just getting real with that, I would say just three minutes of authenticity with a couple new friends or old friends have them take you to Starbucks, make them pay and say, here's the deal for three minutes. We're just going to keep it super real. Here's what's going on in my relationships. Here's what's going on in my career. Here's what's going on in my life. And the only rule is this. Don't you dare try to fix me. Just Mm -hmm. receive this. Then tell me three minutes of authenticity and we're not going to raise it. If I want to talk about it again, I'll bring it up. But this isn't, this doesn't define us. It's just carving a new little groove in our mind. And if we could do that in our relationships, with people, it doesn't have to be everybody, but it's got to be somebody. Um, then we don't become a caricature of who everybody thinks, thinks we are. that we are. Because they have an impression of you, Amy. Oh, yes, I know. Sometimes. I've had a, an impression like... of you from afar, and now I got to meet you. I just met Chase. And so I have this impression of who he is, but it's a realistic impression with all the stresses of marriage and raising kids and paying taxes and pulling off work. And so if we just could touch bases and just you set the tone of your relationships that, oh, this is going to be actually an authentic one, not like the surface. Surface. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, take, I'm like, I'm going to have to re-listen to this and take notes because I feel like I need to write down things that you say. Like, mood so. ring for husband. I mood, think that would be mood great. Mood ring, great carve out three suffer. minutes like every day. <laughs> <laughs> not every once in a while I need to get it all out. Get it all out. Okay. Well, um, that, I think that paints a good picture for 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 love does a, a little bit. I know we got into that. We're going to move on to everybody always. But if that's a book that people haven't checked out, well, shoot. <laughs> I His actually phone wrote number Love Does. Is, which one is? I didn't know your phone yeah. number was on the back. Yeah, I wrote this uh, book, Love Does, because the publisher uh, traded me. I, they, they said, will you write a book? I said, will you build a school? And they said, well, like, how many kids in the school? I said, 1,300 child soldiers and 100 teachers. They said, big school. I said, big book. (laughs) (laughs) And I made them pay me in advance because I didn't know if it'd stink. But yeah, it's actually. (laughs) But then we sold a couple more. Oh, so they pay. Yeah, because, well, you know, like, um, well, I was just speaking of paying in advance, but or just maybe like getting paid after to see how well it does. Like Tom Hanks, he didn't take money up front for. Forrest Gump or Saving Private Ryan, he wanted to get paid like after the fact. Like we'll just see how good it does. Yes. And of course, Forrest Gump is like one of like an amazing like a high grossing movie. He believed in himself. Yeah. Didn't plus, he? if if I made cupcakes, people would die. If I have like a, just a typo, everybody's fine. Yeah. 
There it is. So every time I want to build another school, I write another book. That's perfect. Yeah, it's I pretty love that. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can barely spell cat. Um, <laughs> But okay. I take lots of notes. Literally, if you ever want to talk about any ideas in this book <laughs> that ping you, my phone number. Is, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give me a call sometime if I can be helpful. There was I, a, I, I was in that. Austin, Texas, and uh, I got a phone call from two girls that had read a tweet or something, knew I was in Austin. Mm-hmm. Their car broke down on the highway. And they, they called up. They didn't have towing insurance, but they had the Stop. book. So they called up. We went over and found them and fixed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fortunately, it was just battery cables, not a new transmission. Um, but it was just like there's something beautiful about availability. And I, I just decided a long time ago I'd be Uber available. Actually, even before there was Uber, I just said, <laughs> I'm just going to be available to people. See what happens. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress. that will be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton. And it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Ah, summer, the best time of the year. Usually it doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. 
Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Second thing. Okay, so Walker, next I want to talk about the Craig Fund, Let's which um, is a really amazing story. Also, yeah. too, you created a song from that. It's got to be, I think, probably therapeutic for you totally. to be able to use, just like you gave us the gift of Joy Like Judy yeah. and, you know, even the podcast theme song that may resonate with some people in some way. But it, this is like on another level because, you know, you met this guy, Craig, and he had a major impact on your life, which yeah. we'll get into. But then you were able to write a song about him and then you played him the song and then it's created a whole movement. Yeah. And so I'm going to play a little bit of the Craig song and then we'll talk about it because the Craig Fund, I think, is something that people, I mean, they may want to see how they can get involved yeah. or they may just be inspired by like, yeah. oh, wow, like you can make a difference and you can bless people big or small. And Craig happened to go. I mean, he went big for y'all. And we'll get into exactly how. But here is Craig by Walker Hayes. Yeah, I know. He sounds cool, right? Not your typical kid from Sunday school, right? I still ain't figured out church yet. But Craig, I get now he can't. Walk on water. Turn a Napa Valley red. But he just might be tight with a man. So obviously, there you're implying yeah. that Craig is like um, J E S U S, like Jesus, like he's tight with Jesus because he has, you know, a relationship. You met him at church, but you kind of were like, this guy's different than maybe other yeah. people you had had experienced. So Walker, I'll let you take it. Yeah, away. yeah, Craig. Uh, there's two massive, like, there's two two large things that I that. Um, struck me about Craig is one, I, I can be a very judgmental person, especially upon like a, a Christian community, because I've a lot of times I find myself picking them up apart because they are proclaiming one thing, but then acting a certain way. And that's that's my problem. That's wrong of me. Um, but Craig's relationship with Laney and I was so unconditionally loving. And we never felt if I'd have felt preached at or even taught, I would probably have backed off. I'm just that type of person, but he just loved us. And so that was definitely a luring um, quality that he possessed. And he, his just relationship with us was so, um, had no agenda. It just, just, they just wanted to, they just loved us, you know? And then also I was beyond inspired, obviously, by, by, 
by Craig giving us a car. And, and there's, there's many reasons, but one was because dude didn't ask. You know, I, th- I find myself a lot of times. Well, hold on. I'm going to back up a little yeah, bit because yeah. people might be yeah. want to know a little Sorry. bit more of the backstory. Sorry. So y'all started, and Lainey, I don't even know that I know this part, but like who like found the church y'all were going to start going to? Maybe it was oh, new. Yeah, you started you go. going. Were you going? And then Walker started going. And then what was... What was going on in y'all li- y'all's life around that time? And then, boom, now Craig is in the picture. So I originally met Laura, Craig's wife, uh, through a mutual friend. Just kind of nice to meet you, and that was it. And then saw her later at basketball, at a, our kids' basketball games, and just started talking to her. She told us they had just moved here, they had started a church, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, great, that's nice. And then they had invited us, and I was like, I don't know. So I kind of got online, and I was like, what kind of church is this? What do they believe? You know, what's going on here? And um. She struck me, of course, as super kind and friendly from the very beginning, and we certainly clicked. And then I drug my family there, and it was in the winter, so it was pitch black dark. It was at night. They were meeting at night, and we were driving to the middle of the country, and I was like, guys, I don't know what we're about to drive up to. Like, I was kind of a little bit flipping out about, I don't know where I'm taking my family. Um, And then we walked into this church at night, and it was just... It was amazing. People were so kind and welcoming and loving and kids everywhere and running around. And it was just the most come exactly how you are and we love you sort of place that we had walked into. So that was kind of how it started. And then we did develop a very close friendship with Craig and Laura and their kids over the course of time. And you can go from here. Well, yeah. And at that time in our lives, um, I was I was drinking heavily. Um, probably when we rolled into that church, I'm sure I, I'd been drinking all day. Um, we had, we were about to have, we we're about to actually be pregnant with our sixth. We had just had number five. Number five. Lolly was okay. a little and, bitty baby. You know, things were going downhill fast, like money wise, uh, job wise. I had not gotten a job yet at Costco, was but was about to. And, uh, but yeah, Laura, I mean, honestly, Laura and Craig, uh, they they just they adopted us is what they did. I mean they 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 called us theirs. They opened their house to us. Uh, he showed up, you know, to my shows like a father figure would, and sat in the back. And anytime I saw Craig in the back chatting somebody's ear off, I knew that he was like, "Isn't that dude good? Like, dude, have you ever heard of this guy? Like, he seems to be, like he would always tell every night, like after a show, he'd be like, you need to be playing arenas, man. I can't believe you're playing, right? You know, and I, and I was just like, it was so kind and, and, and genuine. And, um, and then, yeah, our relationship just c- c- continued to grow. And then about three years later, we had had our sixth kid, um, Everly, and we were down to one car. We, we, I had hidden the fact that I had gotten dropped from a label from an endorsement deal that I had. And because I knew that as soon as this Volkswagen dealership found out that nothing was going on musically, that they'd probably take that van back. And all we had was this old Honda uh, that Laney brought in when, when we got married. And so the, the, the van got taken away. I remember, I remember watching the truck take it and the kids were like, that's awesome. You know how they put it up on the truck. And I was like, <laughs> they I mean, didn't yeah, understand. It is awesome, but not, <laughs> but not really awesome <laughs> at the same time. And so things got rough, you know, and, and, um, you know, I acted like, oh, I got, you know, I got it figured out. And 
we shared a car for about six weeks. And one night, Craig shows up un- unannounced. We had invited. He showed up after Beckett's uh, baseball game and um, got out of his own minivan. And Laura, his wife, drove in, in in another car, and he had this big grin on his face. And, and we argued. You know, he, he, w- he was like, take take the car you know just take it i know i know you you know you know you need it all you got to do is sign he had the and title year, and a pen had, in his hand he did the song is just exactly like, what what <laughs> went down and um i was like nah you know and cuz honestly i was genuinely embarrassed and just proud and and, and didn't want to accept help cuz you know accepting help just felt like i was saying that i c- couldn't do it you know on mm-hmm. my own and i remember my daughter i remember her saying dad just take the car and then I remember Craig saying he he actually him and his brother were like really good wrestlers in high school. And at one point he said, I'm going to wrestle you, f- you know, for it. And I was like, "Nah, no, thanks. I don't want to wrestle. And so I just took I took the car and we drove it home. And uh, and I immediately felt a burden just lifted. Um, I felt the the ability to focus on other things and not be so stressed out about you know, the vehicle situation. And obviously the kids were much safer riding in a car that they all fit in. You know, we had been driving everywhere in the Honda with Laney and I and six kids. And so it was definitely illegal. Um, and, you know, we, we weren't like proud of that, but that's all we had. But yeah, I mean, dude showed up and he didn't ask, like I said, I mean, he saw a need and he just, I think him and Laura, probably spoke like hey can we do this and 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 Craig you know I think a lot of people feel like he just hands out cars and can do that I mean he I think after he gave us the car he went and bought himself something used like for five or six grand it's not it's not like he was like oh I'm going to get a Tesla you and know. just so y'all know, that was a that was definitely a financial push for them. That was not really something they could necessarily afford to do. People think Oh, they must be wealthy and be able to just do that. They really couldn't. They were stepping out in faith, just seeing a need that we had, and how can we help? They're just those people. You know, it wasn't that that was an easy thing for them. They were they were really just stepping out. And that they have was, four kids, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I have goosebumps. And they didn't when you have like a bank account of money that they could rely on if something happened. I mean they they were really they were going out on a limb for us for sure. That was and people they, don't. They see wanted that to side bless you right. and and Walker to you. Like he, he proved to you that like yes, there are there can be people that maybe aren't necessarily they are walking the walk and talking the talk. Right. And that's who Craig was to you. So that's why. Well, that's what the song is is all about. And then you from that the Craig Fund. Yeah, it's unreal. Uh, I get teary eyed every time we we do something just because of how just full circle it is. But we we have um, we have a Craig fund. Uh, We sell shirts where the those those shirts, every shirt that we sell, the proceeds go to the Craig fund. And then people just drop huge installments like people just like when we lost Oakley, the Craig fund filled up. That was kind of people's way of um, you know, saying they love us and, and, um, in honor of Oakley and stuff. And, and what, what we do is, uh, we, it, it was a lot of logistics and hoops and loopholes to, to jump through at first, but we, we gave our first car away, uh, to a single mother 
and and again it was just an emotion it's such an emotional moment and um we're going to continue to to do those things and find ways that the craig fund can be used but it's all about exactly what craig did for me it's uh, what we do is we take submissions of who you can like nominate for the craig thing and people send us you know, we had about 50 submissions narrowed down for us. And then me and Lenny and the kids sat down and we went through like 50 one night. And, and it was like, OK, who do y'all? It's so hard. Oh, you so know, hard. To yeah. So hard. But, um, you know, we'll keep all those and, and do it again and again and again. And uh, it's my favorite, you know, part of of being, a, a, you know, whatever you call me, you know, singer, songwriter, recording artists or whatever. I mean, that to, to, to me, that's the, that was the most fulfilling moment I think I've experienced in this, in this job is when, when we showed up in a town and I was able to give this lady a hug and, um, her kids had written me, you know, letters and I sat in the car and it was so clean. And, and, you know, from, from my experience with Craig, I, I remembered how nice that was like to, to sit in a car that just started when you turn the key, you know, and you push the button and the window works and you're hot and the air makes you cold. And there's a seatbelt for everybody. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just like those things, I think, you know, now Lainey and I are okay financially right now. And and it's funny how fast you take those things for granted, but I know where those people are and I love reading the submissions. And the people that write the submissions are, they're they're Craig's and themselves. Like just to, to sit down and write essays about, someone they love and why they need a car or they need assistance. So it's a it's a really, really gratifying, fulfilling, fun part of what I'm able to do now. And that Craig Fun stuff can be found at walkerhays.com? Yeah, it's all over the place. All there? Yeah, yeah you, can, so. you can buy a Be A Craig shirt. You know, those are everywhere. And uh, I didn't steal that from Amy. <laughs> and uh, his team set up the fund, but it's all the people out there that are filling it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was about to say a lot of people of are like, oh, you're so nice. It ain't my money. It's my it's the the fans. I mean, they're they're, they're the amazing. ones that fill I know. that up. So. Isn't it, it's, it is an amazing, it is an amazing feeling. And, you know, Walker, you're, I know sometimes you're like, oh, no, you you know, people ask you to sign like Pimpin' Joy stuff. Like you're one of the original Joy Pimpers (laughs) because of the theme song. And it's like that's something, too, where I I know exactly what you're feeling, like watching people rally together for a cause and a reason and a movement. And it's so cool to see people react and they want to be a part of something bigger and better because that's what Pimpin' Joy is to me. It's what the Craig Fund is to y'all. And it's a lot similar to your mom. I'm sure you're you're like. To to me, it all start like that elevator thing. She talks to people like that's what grabbed me. So you must have been. Were you listening to the Bobby Bone Show I heard one day? That. Okay, I heard so that, or maybe read, maybe heard about you talking about her, and then read something, and in something written about you talking about her, you said. She taught, she, I mean, who well, cause she was choosing joy and at the hospital in yeah. Anderson, when she would be like having a rough day, like going to get treatment, it was just like, oh, but she knew everyone else at MD Anderson was probably having really rough days too. Yeah. So she would make an effort to talk to people on the elevator and yeah. be like, such a cute sweater or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, who talks to people in the elevator? <laughs> well, but she did. Yeah. And I guess you picked up on that. And then I, I don't know that we've ever talked about how you decided well, to write to me, a song about the, her. That was the, the spark. And you have to like that's I think that's that's what I feel about Craig is like just the way he spoke to me that first night 
And now, full circle, we're just dropping cars on people because other people are, you know, doing it. And then that happens outside of us. Like, you know, we'll meet people in line and they'll, they'll say, hey, I donated. I just gave somebody a car because I heard, Amazing. heard about your friendship. But yeah. you have to feel, the, you know, the, the same way about that's just a cool thing how small to me something can be. And then a couple of years go by and it's a freaking franchise. Like it's, yeah. it's just happening. And it's all, it was literally because of love. It was, it was because one person just wasn't in love with himself. They were actually in love with everybody else just for a second. And then ba-boom. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a and I know Craig was kind of when you talked about releasing the song and it being public, like oh, he yeah. was like, oh, he was. He, he probably still does. It, it was uncomfortable for him because he wasn't doing it for any sort of he didn't no. want praise or recognition. He just wanted to, again, just bless y'all. And so but but for him and because him and his wife, they felt it was put on their heart. This is what they needed to do. And they were obedient with that. Like, this is the domino effect. Like, yeah. this is the the blessing upon blessings and blessing and it's multiplying and y'all are keeping it going and Walker with your platform, like, and y'all's fans together. I mean, hello, y'all do have, these are the haze of our lives. (laughs) 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 Basically your own soap opera happening, but y'all are, y'all are using, y'all are doing good with it. And I think that that's, what's important. Some people are like, I don't really want to talk about it, but when you do, it's not like for, bragging because you know that it's possible because of everyone right and it's also to inspire yeah it is craig didn't even want to play the song for his kids that's how you know humble he is about kind of recognition and then on a uh yeah on a funny note one songwriter came up to me and he was like dude that same thing happened to me somebody gave us a car and i was like they wrote a song. <laughs> just and it was originally just meant as a thank you for him. It and was, then it that, was never meant was. as an album edition. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's listen well, to this hook yeah. one last Good. time. In case Craig's listening. Craig, if you're listening, this goes out this to goes you. This goes out to right. you. He sounds cool, right? Not your typical kid from Sunday school, right? I still ain't figured out church yet. But Craig, I get now he can't walk on water or turn a Napa Valley red But he just might be tight with a man that did Now he's not the light of the world But I wish that mine was bright as his Yeah, he just might be tight with a man that is Lyrical genius right. And you know he will listen yeah. yeah, Craig oh, will listen anything to Walker does. He listen. All women. Hi, Craig. Yeah, no, Hi, Craig. Yeah. Craig, and you're Laura. awesome. Hey, he Laura. He hey. Um, so that's another song, too. Walker's probably going to be like, shut up, Amy. No. But um, that you can go download. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do it, do it. Do it. You won't do it. Here we go. Third thing. Uh, 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 I've got my husband here to talk adoption and infertility. Hello. Which is a request that we've gotten from a lot of you. So I got him in here to talk about it, which we're, I feel like, well, we're not experts, but we have been through infertility. We've been through adoption and we're now the proud parents of two beautiful Haitian kiddos that are much mm-hmm. older than we thought we were going to be. Like when we got married, honestly, we I thought, oh, I'll probably get pregnant. Let's be married for two years and then I'll get pregnant and then we'll have a baby and maybe we'll have three kids. But wouldn't it be fun to maybe have five and then we never, I mean, five, you never said just, five to me. It was just in my head. Oh, I was, was going to say, you never fun. told me that. Right. But three, 
five kids. What's well, a basketball team? I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. So then we you know we weren't able to get pregnant. It seemed like my sisters popped out four babies. Your mm-hmm. sister gave birth to three kids. Mm-hmm. You know, there, nobody could give us an explanation. And all of our friends were having babies. And then every month, there I was buying pregnancy tests, negative. Ne- you know, I wonder how much money we spent on pregnancy tests. I don't know. A lot. And then, but I mean, you were in the Air Force, so you were gone six months out of the year. So during that time, we had to be strategic, like the six months that, or you would go two months gone overseas, two months home, two months gone, two months home. So the two months that you were home, we would have to be strategic because that's two chances to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. basically. Maybe three, depends on how you time it. Yeah, depending on that. And then I would always start my period and it would just be, ugh. It would just, I remember being in our, our first house in Southern Pines, North Carolina, a little white, mm-hmm. two bedroom, one bath house. With Josie. With our dog, Josie. And I just remember being in our little bathroom and I would start my period and I would be, Ugh. or, you know, I'd get a text, like an excited group text that someone else in our family or friend circle was pregnant. And you want to be so happy for them, but at the same time, it hurts because you can't get pregnant and you're desperately trying. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you didn't have the same emotions of like, you didn't have to start your period, but I mean, I did. And then I would have to come tell you, well, it didn't work this month. I started my period. So then we started seeing that fertility specialist on base at Fort Bragg. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to go get my fallopian tubes tested and they put That this, was dramatic. Yeah. Because I walked in and they were wearing camo or BDUs or whatever. What does BDUs stand for? Battle dress uniform. Okay, they were wearing battle dress uniform. I walked in. It. I felt like yeah, I was in Afghanistan. No, honey, you but aren't I wasn't. even close. It's just what well, people wear. On but base. let me tell you, when I'm about to have my, I'm doing stuff with my girl parts. Like mm-hmm. I want to walk in and it not feel like camo. You want them to have flower hats on? Like, what's, <laughs> no, what's the- no, but I mean, I know we had to go on base, but I, I was used to going to all females my whole life. Like it being like a gynecologist girl office, like, hey, and then here I am on base, like going to this fertility doctor. He was one of the best in the country. And actually, we were really lucky to be at a base that had a fertility specialist because not all bases did. And like, weren't they one of the guys that they're like, if you even look at this guy, you're going to get pregnant. Like, don't get too close to him. And you'll get pregnant with twins. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, could you imagine if we had twins? Shoot me. Mm. Not really. I'd be happy with it. But I, I know that having twins is really difficult so double the fun uh uh-huh double the fun so uh, okay and i say that now having adopted two kids older kids from haiti at the same time like two at once was a lot but now that we're a year into it i'm like okay no problem it's great like it's well but they're not screaming like diaper changing babies we have other things well yeah we have other things but uh, what i'm saying is like we're not like hey you do the diaper you do the diaper like type of stuff yeah no i can't like, we're uh, just dealing with other stuff hats off to like people all have to do with that is parents out there that have mm-hmm. multiple babies at once like i or even one baby like hats off so one of the benefits of adopting right yes older children mm-hmm. they're potty trained that's cool so I went on base and he had camo. Turns out it wasn't my fallopian tubes. We had all the tests done and we were fine. Like it was totally 
like I was fine. You got tested. You were fine. Mm-hmm. And then we saw another fertility doctor in Austin, even once you got out of yeah. the Air Force. And then we there was another one we went to. Anyway. But that guy was really, that was another one. That was one that Kevin said. He's like, listen, you even walk in this guy's office. You're going to get, like you, like both of us may get pregnant. That's how confident he was. Yeah. Is that like a thing that people say? Look at this fertility Look at doctor. this dude Just and you are Even pregnant. look him in the eyes and you're going to get pregnant, which I guess is a great thing to hear, especially if you're going to be spending money. We really decided early on, first of all, our experience with fertility doctors was mostly just testing to see why we weren't getting pregnant. And then from there, we needed to make a decision. Did we want to do IVF or not? And we opted not to. Yeah. Well, you were nuts as it was on that pill. Well, that's one thing we did do that the fertility doctor recommended. No, we couldn't that I handle try. anymore. Okay, well, I'm okay. just, I mean, it's not your fault. I'm just saying, like, we couldn't, like, we goose couldn't have handled more emotions. Okay, so to explain the pill that you're talking about, I took Clomid, which is a drug that makes your eggs more attractive. You can't create more eggs than you already have. Like, all the eggs we have as women were born with those eggs, and there they are. So um, I couldn't make any more, but I could make them a little more attractive. To Ben's sperm, but oh, hula skirts. Yeah, so, but I couldn't take it really long enough to make a difference because it made me crazy, and it made everybody around like literally, it was nuts. Like I, everybody was, <laughs> it was like everybody walking around in like defense. Like you see those women's defense classes where they wear the whole padded suit. <laughs> That's like what I felt like. What? Everybody around you. Oh my god! Like I, I wasn't had to wear the, danger. The, the, I wasn't. The nut, Kicking. I wasn't harmful. Like, yes. I was emotional. You had to wear a cup to get close to you. An emotional cup. <laughs> you were never harmed in the process. Emotionally? I cried. Yeah, there was no emotion. There was nothing to tell which way, left or right, what was going to happen. Okay, fine. I like cried a lot. Then you were angry and laughing at the same time. Yes, I would mm-hmm. get angry. So anyway, we opted to get off that. And then that's when adoption really... So when we were in North Carolina, adoption was really on my heart, even though we continued when we moved to Austin to seek fertility help, the adoption seed had already been planted. And in North Carolina, you were pretty hesitant, but you did start reading that book, Adopted for Life, which, you know, I think is something that changed your point of view, right? After you read it, because you really were having a hard time with like not having the brown kids like that's our last name like you wanted kids with our blood our genetics our everything our you know the brown yeah, family. I wasn't against ha- uh, adopting like there's two things like I wasn't against adopting to start I just was thought like hey let's why are we giving up on trying ourselves right. like I, I I just had never like I I'm resistant to change as you know or as my wife knows and so I was just like hey man we're, let's keep trying let's not give up so early um, so reading that book, uh, uh, adopted for life is really kind of the thing that if, you know, if to me, you can get, you can't, even, I couldn't even get through the introduction without being changed on my perspective of what adoption was and what it means to be adopted. Um, and I was never, like I said, I was never against it growing up. It just was nothing I had seen. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, didn't we just didn't think that, that we would need to do it cause we would get pregnant. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, I've got. Oh, I wanted to say that Russell Moore, Russell D. Moore is the author of the book in case anybody else is interested and they want to check this out because, you know, I think that it was an important book for us and it could help you if you're, you know, trying to figure out. Like if you're thinking about it, you can't get through the intro without going, I could do this. Okay. 
that's helpful information, especially like for you to, yes, you have a hard time changing the plan because our plan was, you know, have our own babies. And then when that wasn't, which I would pray for that all the time, like, Lord, just like, when are we going to get pregnant? Like we would pray for that. And then now I'm so thankful that our prayer wasn't answered because now we have Stevenson and Stashira and that was the plan for us. That was the plan for us. And that's what we uh, no, I definitely agree. And then I think the other part, so the two, there were two things for me that were critical. I think you were always kind of on board. You were excited. You wanted to build our family, whether we had apparently three of our own and two we adopted. Somehow we were getting to five that I didn't know about. <laughs> but the uh, the second part was when we met with a fertility doctor in Austin. And, and that, that guy, right from the beginning, remember like on like a napkin, he drew out the female parts, mm-hmm. like the internal stuff, which was super fun, yeah, obviously. Like uterus, ovaries. Mm, yeah, my favorite. Like, so <laughs> we're going through and he's drawing this and he's like, hey, this is the science of this. This is the science of this. And then he draws the loop where they connect on the outside and he goes, in this area, we don't know what happens. And I was like, wait a second. Kevin said, this is the leading fertility doctor in Texas. And this guy is telling me, as a scientist, he does still doesn't know what happens in this. Like, as a scientist, you don't know. So that told me that this was God telling us, like, this is what he wanted us to do. He wanted us to adopt. Because we knew, we didn't know that there was anything physically wrong with either one of we us. We actually still could probably get pregnant. Right. Which we, would be a crazy town. Yeah, would be crazy. But at the same <sighs> point, like, literally, like, when he said, I don't know what's going, we don't know what's happening here. I was like, okay. He wants us to do this. He wants us to adopt. Yeah. So we that made have, it super clear. Like blindly, like we're just whatever, trusting like, this is what's going to happen. Instead of us now, adoption was expensive for us, especially international. But for us, like we knew of friends that spent thousands and thousands of dollars on IVF on fertility treatment, and then it wasn't successful. So then that money is just gone mm-hmm. unless they you know, reinvest or do it again, do it again and see what happens. Now it is successful for some people, but there was some, a lot of your military friends, they had to do this. I'm thinking of one couple in particular where they had some unsuccessful goes. And I think they were like 30 grand deep. I mean, and this is a military family. Like this is either all their savings or they're in debt. Like, I don't even know. know Or like they they did fundraisers or where they got the money. Um, I mean, that's personal, you know, however you get that. But it's not like it was a cheap thing, and we like ten thousand bucks in the military. Like that's a lot. Like that's a lot of money. Right. So we like, you don't have that. Extra we decided money. that we were just gonna put the money where we knew was a guarantee for us, and that these kids, our kids, were already born, and they needed a family, and so that's how we made that decision. Which that's not for everybody, and no judgment if you want to spend a million dollars trying with IVF like go for it that's this is not a, a no it's just judgment. our story it's just our story and so we didn't want to spend the money on that and and it not work out like we wanted to spend the money on kids that were that needed a home that were born and were a guarantee which whew, getting our kids was definitely hard and there were some days where it wasn't necessarily necessarily a guarantee it was a a bumpy road for sure but we have them now it took and, five years. <laughs> but even even bigger part, like, so today, like, officially, like, I'm super excited about it for uh, a few seconds, like, literally in the mail, got the final piece of paper where it says Certificate of Citizenship, which you get separate after the adoption. So yes. we're a year, whatever, into having the kids here, and we got their certificate, which means, now nah, I just got done at the Social Security office. 
we are going to get social security numbers. Yes. And that's like, that's le- that's when they're legit. Like nobody can question it. There's no, well, are they legal? Are they not legal? Like we're getting passports. Like you are an American. That means we can take them back to Haiti to we visit. We can do all the things. It's all official, but yeah. this is like the final. I've got birth. We goose have birth certificates. We've you say got- we goose a lot. You've already said it like. Well, I, that a- I did. Maybe that was on the Q&A, but. It's well, because like that's, that's a movie quote. Yeah, we, that's from goose. Top Gun. If y'all haven't seen that movie, and my husband's a pilot, so I'm just explaining because people might be like, "Who's Goose? Is Goose in the yeah, room?" Everybody knows that. <laughs> Every there's no Goose in the room. I know it too. I'm just clarifying. Um, okay, so yes, we Goose. We have now they're official, like official. birth certificates, birth certificates. Yes, uh, and American so, ones. Yes, American. Mm-hmm. They're born in Tennessee. Well, basically. Well, their certificate says it. Yeah, I know. Reborn in Tennessee. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, Yeah, reborn. It's pretty great because, yeah. yeah, It's huge. Like like tracking this stuff down, if anybody who goes through this and anybody in the adoption process, just know like it's not easy. No, there's so much paperwork. Nobody is on your side and it's not in your favor. It's actually set up against you. So just be patient. It's just, I'm just saying, just be patient. There are people on our side. There are people on your side. There are people on your side. Yeah, I'm just saying, just, like, just be patient. You have like, to be patient because a lot of times easy. it seems like everybody's against you okay, because yeah, it should be right. easier, and, but it's just not. But we had a lot of amazing people help us along the way. Yes. And we had a lot of people create annoying roadblocks, but it all but worked out. here we are. Here now we, are. we have it and we're legal. Okay. Well, let's celebrate. So I hope that this helped if any of you listening have been considering adoption or you're dealing with infertility know that you are not alone and that especially if you're a couple like us we're just unknown like some people can give you an answer like right away well it's because your husband xyz you can't get pregnant or your wife has this 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 there's no way you're gonna get pregnant like we literally have not been given an answer so we live in that unknown space, which is mm-hmm. really crazy, but we have, it took us a long time to accept it, but now I think we're at peace with it and I better not get pregnant. Okay. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Well, man, I don't, right I, now, I, don't, I, don't, I can't handle honey, that right now. I don't even have any idea. Like we, what are we talking about? I'm just happy we're through the paperwork. Okay. We got, we got two kids. Slip. You just go ahead. Any questions? Just call Amy. Call Amy. Slip mm-hmm. into her DMs. <laughs> Yes, my DM, my Instagram is at Radio Amy, and then my email is four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So you can hit me up, slide into my email. Yep. It's not slip, it's slide slip into the D- You don't, you, you can't don't slip sl- into a DM. No, you slide into a DM. What's the difference? Slipping and sliding? Slide sounds more cool. Mm. Okay, all right. Thanks for coming on, babe. Love you. So I would like to hear from you um, for things that you're grateful for in life right now. Oh, well, um, it's kind of, I have to say, I am looking at this bag that y'all did for oh. me. So on my bag, it says Thunder. That's my dog named after the NBA team. So Tennesseans don't get mad at me. <laughs> New York, because that's where I first sort of made my mark. Um, and then Broadway, I love because... Uh, again, it's a big part of my DNA and my history. And I'm from Oklahoma, so that's my home. But I want to tell you something that really makes me happy that's happening in my life currently. Um, I think I'm grateful right now mostly. There's a lot of healing going on 
in my family. You know, families are families. We are, that's why it's, you know, you're, it's dysfunctional and functional. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you're from, or who, you know, but it's your family. And there's so much healing going on. And, it, and it's slow. And I am, but it's happening. And there's a broken relationships relationship I had in the past that is healing. And I feel like God is like giving me these like things where things are healing. It's nothing bad, like not irrevocably broken or anything, just healing is happening. And I think it's important for us to be grateful for when that happens because we can spend so much time complaining about why, why is this bad and why are me and that person not getting along or why is there tension here? But when there's healing, we don't, we don't, we, we sometimes breathe a sigh of relief, but we don't go, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm grateful for right now. And that's what I want to say. I love that. Yeah, I'm sure that's something that somebody else needs to hear right now too. Yeah, because um, or maybe to keep in their back pocket for later. It's coming. Mm-hmm. If it's not happening for you yet, it's coming. Yeah. What? Eight, how old were you when you were adopted? I was two weeks old, but I will say that I was actually supposed to go to another family, but they found out they were pregnant. Like days before I was born. So here's this baby girl and where's she going to go? And my mom, my mom, Junie Chenoweth, who raised me, also was having surgery. Oh, I'm going to cry. Was having, having to have a hysterectomy at 24. And she, the doctor who was my birth mom's doctor and my mom who had raised me, he remembered that Junie Chenoweth had said, I'm not going to be able to have another baby. And I wanted to try. And what happened is the way I was born in the same hospital that she had her surgery and we went home together. Mm. Okay. So I would like to say thank you to my birth mother who gave me life. Mm -hmm. I would like to say thank you to God for the couple that was able to get pregnant when they didn't think they could so that I could be in Junie and Jerry Chenoweth's home. Yeah. Yeah. That's your precious yeah, and the fact that you recognize that, did you have you had um, the thankfulness for your birth mom and your yes your mom that raised you? I consider myself to be my kid's second mom. Yeah, because but they that, have their first mom, right. or I call it their Haiti mom, and we pray for their Haiti moms. Well, they've got my son and daughter have different Haiti moms. Okay, and dads. We don't okay. know the dads, but we know who the moms are, and I we pray for them, and I. One day when I take them back, when they're ready, yes, I want them to, to meet their moms. Of course. And so for their moms to know that they're okay and that. But look what, look at the opportunities and the chances that I'm so emotional today that you've given them and that you're also willing to be a, a mom who's raising them to, to pray for their mom. They're the woman that brought them into this world. God has a, he has his way. You know, we think we we got it all down, but actually it's all supposed to work out the way it's worked out. And all I'm going to say is God bless you and God bless Junie Chenoweth. God bless Mama Lynn who gave me life. Mm -hmm. And I I now know a little bit more about my history. I don't talk about it very much, but I know where the petiteness comes from. I know where the music comes from. And it is like a big puzzle that kind of fit, but I never felt lacking for love in my life. 
mm. ever. I always knew that my mother who, who gave me up loved me, and I know that because my mother who raised me told me every day. Oh, I love that, and that's affirmation for me to do the same. Yes. So that they never You're doing it forget, right and they never, because I know there's always going to be that something inside of them that just feels different, like, like, different and, and uh, you know, I don't want to call it a void because it can be filled with the love and not, I mean, the right kind of love. Right. But um, I know that there's that, there's abandonment. And, and it comes with it. Yeah. It's just part of it. It is. And no matter have, if you're part 12 of the story. or a baby. Mm-hmm. When we're brought into the world, it's like someone had, to, for whatever reason, had to relinquish you. But boy, I just want to, I really want to speak this to any child who's been adopted it is a gift because someone chose you. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well. Thanks a lot, Amy. <laughs> it's like tears for me now. Come on, girl. Um. Well, you still look beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll we'll just end there. Now that probably anybody listening is a lot of times people listen on their way to work or putting on their makeup. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't put on your mascara. Our, we have our. Our, our live studio audience. Did I ever address how many people our live studio audience was in the beginning? It's no. Two, it's two. We have two people. <laughs> we have the best two people on the planet yes. watching us. Yes. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kristen. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And don't go gently, y'all.
Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.